Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching a special message, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. The person exercising the gift of prophecy in the New Testament is foretelling the heart and the mind of God from the word of God. There's never been a time, did you know, there's never been a time in history where no one with the gift of prophecy, where there was no one with the gift of prophecy. God has always had someone to speak his word. Hebrews chapter one, verse one, which by the way tells us, and we also know that God always has a remnant of people, no matter what's going on in the world, God always has a remnant of people. Am I right about it? Well, Hebrews chapter one, verse one, God, who at various times in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets. Second Peter chapter one, verse 21, for prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved By the Holy Spirit. The gift of prophecy is really important in the life of the local church. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 1 tells us, Desire earnestly spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. The gift of prophecy is an anointing from God to proclaim the word of God. It's a Holy Spirit ability to speak forth the word of God. Many times it's spontaneous. Just talking. You could be out in the lobby and just talking to someone and all of a sudden God gives you a word to speak to them. Or when I'm teaching from the scriptures, teaching and prophecy go hand in hand because teaching the word of God is speaking forth the word of God. And even the speaking forth of the word of God, God will take that word and make it a prophetic word and a timely word for you. That's why. Various times uh, I will talk to someone after service and they say, well, pastor, when you said this and then you said that, it really spoke to my heart. Well, I know I didn't say that. And I know that that's not even what I was teaching. But that's what the Holy Spirit said to them. And thus, as God's word is being taught, are are y'all getting this? As God's word is being taught, the prophetic word is going forward. So it can be from the pulpit, usually is from the pulpit, and then yet God can give you a word to speak to someone uh, prophetically. I really believe that, that God can speak a word prophetically. Now, having said that, prophecy is not always spontaneous. Again, it comes from God's word being taught. Not every prophetic word has thus says the Lord in front of it. Huh? Well, yes, saints, not every prophetic word has thus saith the Lord in front of it. Not every prophetic word has I decree and declare in front of it. I decree and I declare. We've heard that so much. Am I right about it, saying I decree and I declare that your situation will get better. 
I decree and I declare that God told me you are to sell your Escalade to me for $100. Well, I decree and declare that's not prophetic. That's crazy. I decree and declare. A prophetic word from God is going to make sense. Somebody say amen. And be wise and be sober and won't go against all sound teaching of scripture really quick. The litmus test to know if something is from God or prophetic or not. Here's a litmus test. Two things. Number one, prophecy will always be 100% consistent with the word of God. God will never, no, not ever say something contrary to his word. If you hear prophecy and it violates or contradicts any part of the word of God, that's not prophecy. I don't care whose mouth is coming out of. Paul said in Galatians chapter one, verse eight, if I or an angel from heaven declare to you any other gospel than that which has already been preached to you, then let them be anathema accursed. Prophecy will be 100% consistent with the word of God. And then secondly, all prophecy will be 100% accurate. I won't read it. Write it down. Deuteronomy 18, 21 through 22. Deuteronomy 18, 21, 22 essentially says if a prophet is wrong, they won't live to see their own future. Deuteronomy 18, 21 and 22. Notice also in our text, let's move on, the gift of prophecy, and then we have the gift of ministry or the gift of serving. We talked about We're all called to serve one another. And there are some Christians who have a gift of serving. They just love to serve. They get joy and satisfaction in serving other people. They get joy and satisfaction out of doing things and setting up potlucks and setting up for various uh, church functions. I, I think of one sister. Every time I teach this text, I think of this one sister. I won't say her name, who attends this church. And whenever I need something done like that, setting up for potlucks or parties or fellowship or anything that has to do with hospitality, I call her. And she's done. No problem, Pastor. I'll do it. She gets it done. She does it with joy. She does it because she loves to do it. She has a gift to do it. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing to see someone functioning and operating in the gift that God has given them. The word ministry means to serve. It means to serve. The person with the gift of ministry, they do it. And they love to do it. They're willingly, eagerly, not grudgingly and not complaining. They understand to serve the church is to serve the Lord. Did you hear that? To serve the church is to serve the Lord. Every one of us has a ministry and every one of us is in ministry. And people tell me all the time, oh, I'm called to ministry. I'm called to ministry. Yeah, I know you're called to ministry. I'm called to ministry, pastor. Oh, okay, great. Uh, Here's a toilet brush. The bathroom needs to be clean. Well, I wasn't thinking of that kind of ministry. Oh, here, here's a vacuum cleaner. There's a guy in vacuum sanctuary and pulpit. Stacy, be vacuum too, because Pastor Ryan picked up that piece of paper. It was driving crazy at first service. Remember? Yeah, well, I wouldn't think about that kind of ministry, really. Some people tell you they called the ministry. They're thinking about their call to preach in front of the masses. They want to preach in front of the masses. Listen, if you call the ministry, that means you're called to serve. That means you're called to help. And the, and, the, and the statement is, Pastor, I'm called the ministry. What areas do you need help? What areas do you need for me to help you? Ministry means help, period. The children's ministry, help. Cafe, help. Worship team, help. Uh, 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 parking lot, 
security, internet. Nowadays, managing the website and social media, that's a whole nother set of stuff for the church to do. And yes, we have a brother doing it, but I'm sure I'm not going to even look over there because he's sitting over there. But I'm sure he could use some help. Right. He could use some help. If you know what you're doing now, if you tear, blow up our website, <laughs> we're going to have an issue, okay? We don't want an issue if you know what you're doing. But help. It just simply means to help. Help the ministry. Service. Teach. Romans 4, 7. Look at that. He who teaches, let them teach. Certainly we need the gift, this gift in the local church teaching. The gift of teaching is the ability to interpret, to clarify, to explain God's word in a way that is relevant and understandable. I like to say the ability to put the cookies on the shelf where the kids can get them. The purpose, the person with the gift of teaching will find themselves pouring over God's word. The person with the gift of teaching, I need to move a little faster, all right? So listen fast. The person with the gift of teaching Loves to pour over God's word. They just pour over. They love to study. They love to pour over God's word. They love to teach. They have a gift. They come alive when they're teaching. They, 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 they give their life to the study of God's word. The gift of teaching operates differently in different people. One person may have the gift of teaching to a large crowd. Another person may have the gift of teaching, but can only teach a small crowd. And the person with the gift of teaching in a large crowd, are y'all learning anything? The, per, the person with the gift of teaching in a large crowd, he can't teach a small crowd. He can't do one-on-one discipleship. He just can't do it. And the person with the gift of teaching in a small crowd, he can't teach a, a, an audience of 1,000 people, 2,000 people, masses of people. He's not gifted. Same gift, different operation. Are you getting that? 21 different gifts in the body, and they can all work together. For example, you stand in a cafe. Some kid runs by, and he breaks a glass. Five different people run up, five different gifts. The person with the gift of help says, oh, let me get something, get that up. Let me sweep that up. And, uh, oh, don't, don't walk there because there's little pieces of glass, and I got to vacuum that. And they, put a, they put the yellow cones around. Don't walk there. Oh, don't, you know, they got the gift of help. They want to get that up. And then the person with the gift of mercy says, oh, honey, you okay? Everything okay? Oh, I'm so sorry you broke that glass. Honey, is your psyche okay? Is your... <laughs> Are you going to need therapy? You might need therapy. It's really bad. You okay? We love you. Mwah. And the person with the gift of teaching, they say, the Greek word for latte is... I'm like, dude, I just broke a glass. I mean... And then the person with the gift of leading says, hey, let me show you how to run properly in the cafe. (laughs) And the person with the gift of giving will say, hey, I'll buy some new glasses. As a matter of fact, I'll donate a million dollars to the Nehemiah Project. Oh, where'd that come from? (laughs) Man, where'd that just came out of nowhere? The gifts are different. 
and they're all unnecessary in the local church, and no one gift is greater than another. Every gift is useful and necessary. Exhorting. He who exhorts in verse 7 to exhortation, the word exhortation means to call to one side. The teacher is instructing. The exhorter is encouraging. The exhorter, exhorter is more of a preacher than a teacher. Teachers appeal to the intellect. Exhorters appeal to the emotion. A pastor will often teach the word and then encourage to apply the word. So some pastors are more of an exhorter and some pastors are more teachers, but the local church needs them both. It's the gift of teaching and the gift of encouragement often work together. And saints, listen, it's the gift of encouragement, not discouragement. Somebody say amen. You know, I know some folks with the gift of discouragement. Some people think they have the gift of an exhortation when in fact they have the gift of condemnation. They have the gift of seek and destroy. It's the gift of encouragement and exhortation. And you don't need to be gifted to encourage. Somebody say amen. amen. Hebrews 10, 24, 25, let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as some exhorting one another so much so as we see the day approaching and then giving. Look at verse 8. He who gives with liberality or generosity. The person with the gift of giving has the God-given ability to oftentimes make money. The person with the gift of giving, think about it. Many times God has given him also the gift to be able to make money and they want to give financially to further the kingdom. That's a gift. They take joy in it. That person usually has the gift to, 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 to make money. And they, they take joy in giving financially. If the local church is to preach the gospel and make disciples and give to the poor and help the needy and the widows, it's going to take money. And the person with the gift of giving loves to give. And they never want recognition or credit for that. They just love to see the kingdom moving forward and God's house blessed. And let me tell you, if you have this gift, I decree and declare that you will use it <laughs> for the local church, Calvary Chapel. <laughs> leading. The church needs people who can spiritually see leading. The church needs people who can spiritually see where the church is going and what it's seeking to accomplish and lead people and move people toward that end. It has been well said, if you aim at nothing, you will hit it every time. Uh, you'll get that on the way home. A church or even a Christian needs to know why it exists and where it's going and how it's going to get there. And the person with the gift of leading sees where God and the pastor is leading the church and then rallies and motivates the troops toward that. And then mercy, finally. He who shows mercy, let them do it. How saints, cheerfully. The person with the gift of mercy loves to be merciful to people. The person with the gift of mercy finds themselves weeping when people weep, rejoicing when people rejoice. They're brokenhearted when they hear of a divorce situation. The person with the gift of mercy loves visiting sick and in hospice care. And listen, if you don't have the gift of mercy, God has still called you to be merciful. Why? Because God has shown you mercy. So we're to be merciful. Jesus said, blessed are the merciful. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 1, 3, God is a father of mercy. 
In other words, all mercy begins with God. He's the originator of mercy. In the Greek language, mercy means pity or compassion, something felt in the heart. Satan is the originator of lies. God is the originator of mercy. I think of Psalm 103.11. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so great is his mercy toward those who fear him. I don't care how great your sin is. Listen, I'm coming in for a landing. I don't care how great your sin is. The mercy of God is greater still. The sweet psalmist David said it like this. Those who put their trust in the Lord, mercy shall surround them. I love that scripture. There's a song actually about written from that scripture. Those who put their trust in the Lord, mercy shall surround them because God is merciful to us. We should show mercy to other people in the local church, even if you don't have the gift of mercy. And how should that person exercise that gift and function? Cheerfully. Remember, saints, God didn't save you so you can sit. God saved you so you can serve. Just like there's no such thing as a non-functioning member of the human body, there's no such thing as a non-functioning member of the body of Christ. If God saved you from your sin, he's called you to serve him in some way, depending on your gifts and the talents that he has given you. And I'm going to encourage you today to get involved in church. Get involved in ministry. What is the point of coming to church Sunday after Sunday, Wednesday after Wednesday, Feeding on the word of God, getting spiritually fat. Some of y'all need to lose some weight. I'm not talking about physical weight. I'm talking about spiritual weight. You've been sitting and sitting and sitting and getting fat, getting fat. It's time to serve each other. It's time to take your Christianity to another level. Everybody talk about, I'm going to go another level. I'm going to another level. I'm going to another level. In my empire, the, the empire, they got a job, but it's an empire. My empire, everybody, I'm going to another level. How about spiritually go to another level and serve God? Huh? Get involved in ministry. I suggest if you're here three months, you've been here three months, that's plenty of time for you to know. We don't have membership here at Calvary Chapel, so you don't have to become a member. We don't have membership. We are a fellowship of believers. We're not, we don't have membership. Three months is enough time for you to know whether you feel that this is your home church or, maybe, or you need to move on. Three months is plenty of time. It's enough time for you to get to know us, enough time for us to get to know you. And then decide and ask the Lord, Lord, where would you have me to serve? And if God doesn't speak like specifically where he wants you to serve, there is nothing wrong with you saying, you know what? I think I'm going to try and help out in a cafe. I think I'm going to help out in part. You don't need to be gifted to point the car there. (laughs) Can y'all please work with me? Help me help you. <laughs> you don't need to be gifted to make a cup of coffee. Get. <laughs> she said, Well, <laughs> well, yes. You don't need to be gifted to make a cup of coffee or gifted to clean toys. Children's ministries get not only teachers, but they've got 
all kinds of things. People come during the week and make copies of stuff that needs to be made copy. I don't know what stuff it is, but stuff. I see people here making stuff, copies of stuff. Crayon boxes need to be filled up. Toys need to be wiped off, sanitized, boiled. <laughs> Amen. Well, there's so much to do, and we need your help. And we can't do it without you. Listen, we can't do it without you. We are not going to have a church if we all don't lock arms and do it together. We're not going to have a church. And if we have a church, it's going to be corny. Ain't nobody feeling no corny church. It's corny. Why? Because ain't nobody doing nothing. That's why. It's corny. Go down to the children's ministry, teachers in the classroom, get in here. I got to sit with you brats for 20 minutes, 30, 40 minutes. Pastor Rodney going all over time and carrying on. <laughs> Whatever. You want to do it with joy. And, you know, let's, 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 let's pull together and do it. We need people on worship team. Pastor Matt stepped down. Some of you guys are great musicians in this audience. Some of you watching me Facebook Live who attend this church. Maybe you couldn't get to church today. But I'm glad you're watching. You're a great musician and you attend this church and you've been here for a while. Get on the worship team. Yes, it takes sacrifice. Yes, it takes time. But Jesus sacrificed for you and he gave his time for you when he hung on that cross. What's your problem? What's the problem? Get involved in serving people. Stop being so self-centered. We cannot have that kind of church. And I'm not going to stand here and, and act like it's all good when it's not. It's not all good for you to come every single week, year after year, and do nothing. And dropping a check in the box is not that helpful. Wait a minute, let me rephrase that. <laughs> let, me, let me just re- Hold on. <laughs> Dropping a check in a box is not the only way to help. <laughs> yes. I got this. <laughs> no, we can't. No, we can't. No, we can't. We need your help. We need your help. Worship team, we need your help. We need your help. If you're, uh, if I'm telling you, I'm asking you, if you are a skilled musician, skilled, skilled musician, okay? I'm not talking about like you just play around because you play around on the back porch. I'm talking you're a skilled musician. Because we want to do all things well for the glory of God. Am I right about the saints? And, and we don't want people up here making a sound that doesn't sound right. Corny. Getting, but we, we need people to worship. We really do. We need some good guitarists. And my son's a great drummer. And we've got drummers. We need, we need, we need another bass player. Um, and we, we need, we need um, more. Marlo needs people to come alongside of him who have a heart for God and who have a heart to, to, to do the work of the ministry under his leadership. Not come up here trying to take over because you think you all that in a bag of chips. But that you just want to come and serve and go home. Stop. Stop. It's not a good look. I mean, you coming to church, 
week after week, month after month, year after year, and you don't plug in anywhere? There's so many ministries. I'm going to encourage you. Go. I'm going to encourage you to pray, number one. But then don't stop in prayer because Christians y'all are notorious for, well, I prayed about it. And I just didn't hear from the Lord. <laughs> okay, you don't hear from the Lord. Let's, get, let's, let's, let's give that a given. Then find somewhere and get involved. Something you like to do, something you enjoy doing, make some coffee, come by to clean the church. Go online. The application is online. Fill it out, and I promise you somebody will get back to you. And if someone does not get back to you, I want you to speak to Pastor Ron. <laughs> Stand up so everybody can see who you are. Stand up. Stand up. I don't want no excuses. I want you to speak to Pastor Ron. Tell him I put in the application, and nobody got back to me. Because that does happen. This stuff happens. I get it. But you, you need to get involved. We, we've, got, we've got to do this. We've got to do this. We need help in every single area of ministry. Every area. So let's do this. And let's do it. Do it well. But we do all things well for God. We won't, we won't, do, we won't do corny for God. Amen. We do it right for God or we don't do it at all. Am I right about it? Y'all come on, clap your hands and say Amen. That's it. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1 800 293 0923. That's 1 800 293-0923 or you may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the media library on our website at cccarry.org We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.